You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. I'm Marie Jokum. And I'm Bridget Murphy. I hope everyone had a great, beautiful weekend. I know that I spent a lot of time outdoors in the sunshine with the crunchy leaves. <laughs> we wanted to just take a, a very quick moment. Um, our amazing producer, Katie Breedeman, her daughter was married this weekend, Bridget. Um, and so congratulations to them on their small, socially distanced, but beautiful wedding. And we just wish them Lots of happiness and joy um, in their marriage. So congratulations. We have a fascinating show today discussing how research out of Notre Dame on Catholic charities, um, on homelessness, homeless prevention work is being used in the field by major cities and organizations and helping them to address housing and homelessness. The Wilson Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of the research labs Catholic Charities works with. And we're really, really grateful to be able to add the rigor of their research to our programs and services. That's right. With us today is Jim Sullivan, who co-founded LEO with his colleague Bill Evans in 2012. Jim is professor of economics at Notre Dame and a visiting scholar at the National Poverty Center. Jim's research examines the effectiveness of anti-poverty programs at the national, state, and local levels. He also studies the root causes of poverty and the measurement of poverty and inequality. Jim's work has appeared in top journals of the economic profession, and he has appeared before Congress regarding evidence-based policies related to poverty. And I think what's so cool about this collaboration is um, Jim's work is sort of the top level work. And our um, next guest, Wendy Avila, who's the director of Catholic Charities Homelessness Prevention Call Center, is the on the ground work. And Wendy's worked with Jim and his colleagues on a number of research projects. And Wendy's with, been with Catholic Charities for over 13 years. And I'm going to say it. She's fabulous. I say this every time about our Catholic Charities colleagues, but she's fabulous. She's a tremendous advocate for people who call us in need. So welcome, Jim and Wendy. Thank you. Thank Good you. morning. Thank you. Wendy, we're going to start with you asking to give our listeners an overview of what the call center does. So when someone calls, what happens and how do we respond? Yeah, so the Homeless Prevention is a telephone resource for community, community members, and it's really residents needing financial assistance to prevent homelessness. Uh, we are a crucial component component of the homeless prevention program funds distribution and play a vital role in connecting callers at risk of homelessness to available short-term uh, financial assistance, such as rent, security deposit, mortgage, and um, utilities. And we respond to a high volume 
call demand. Uh, we conduct an over-the-phone brief intake to determine eligibility and refer callers to one of our prevention agencies in Cook County. So our our, our program, our department is actually committed to preventing homelessness. So, um, you know, it's, it's really a conversation that we have with the callers to to establish a, a rapport, even though it's a very small interaction. And Wendy, can you tell us a little bit about the volume increase given the pandemic and obviously the tremendous financial implications of so many businesses needing to close and people losing mm-hmm. wages and jobs? Right. So the call center averages about 70, 70, 70 to 75,000 calls per year. And we really saw a huge spike in in April. It was a six percent, about a six percent increase in calls that we received, as it was like the initial stage of COVID nineteen pandemic. And as of as of September thirtieth, we have received a total of sixty seven thousand six hundred eighty calls, which we have sur- surpassed our our annual average. Right. You know, because like I mentioned, it was it's seventy to seventy five thousand calls. Um, per year. And just based on the data that we, you know, we, we have and we're collecting, we're projecting the call volume exceeds the 100,000 calls, even in this calendar year. That That's so. incredible, Wendy. And, you know, you, mm-hmm. you said something earlier, you said that it's a small interaction, but it's really mm-hmm. a small interaction with a huge impact, right? So right. When, when you're calling and someone needs rental assistance, utility bills, how is that dispersed? What is there an average amount that we give people? How does that mm-hmm. work? So we we want to make sure that in the in the you know fourteen to twenty minute conversation that we collect as much information as possible to really advocate for that case for mm-hmm. the caller, you know, for that specific caller. Because although you know, people are calling for similar needs. We want to make sure that we're giving the caller the individual attention and making sure that the caller has, you know, the documents that are going to be needed to be presented to the agency. Um, so it really is, um, we want to make sure that they have the information ready so that when they are called by the agency they were referred to, you know, it really is just you know, ha- spending a little bit more time with them as a case manager. So we prepare for that. We prepare them for that. And ultimately, um, we want to make sure that we're referring the caller to an agency that's close to their home. Mm-hmm. So that's why we work with the entire um, Cook County. Yeah, Wendy, can you tell us a little bit more about those agencies? So is, is mm-hmm. some of the money Catholic Charities and then some of the money mm-hmm. comes from other partner organizations? Yeah, so all of the money actually is being dispersed by the continuum. And in order for such as Catholic Charities to distribute the money, we have to be, they have to support us in that, and in, in the continuum has to support us and advocate that we are an agency who is reliable, who serves their clients. And, um, and I believe in just in Chicago, we have about 17 agencies who distribute the funds. So Catholic Charities is is one of the agencies who actually we refer we refer callers to, even though we are Catholic Charities, we're part of Catholic Charities. It's just a separate entity, a department. 
That's that's awesome. We're going to take a quick break here on The Voice of Charity. And when we get back, we're going to continue our conversation on our the Catholic Charities Leo Partnership to Eradicate Poverty. More and more people around the world are interested in their family history. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Have you checked out Chicago Catholic lately? Either in print or online, Chicago Catholic has informative and stimulating content, including news from the Archdiocese, beautiful photographs, and a thoughtful column by our publisher, Cardinal Blaise Supich. Editor Joyce DeRiga tells us about our current edition of Chicago Catholic. We have an overview of Pope Francis's new encyclical on fraternity and social friendship. Cardinal Supich's column is also dedicated to it. The Archdiocese is urging everyone to get a flu shot this year. We share the details of the campaign, and we have coverage of the recent ordination of permanent deacons. Subscribe now. Go to chicagocatholic.com or call 312-534-7777. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Chicago Catholic, a fresh approach to Catholic news. For more than 20 years, Catholic Charities Adult Protective Services has been advocating for seniors who are the victims of abuse, neglect, and or financial exploitation. We work with local city and state agencies in a cooperative way to ensure that every concern brought to our attention is handled and that our seniors are safe and protected. If you are concerned about a senior you know, call 866-800-1409. That's 866-800-1409. 1409. According to a report published by the Illinois Department on Aging, there are over 21 cases of elder abuse reported in Illinois last year. In these unprecedented times, we need to look out for each other, including all the seniors in our lives. Thank you. Good morning and welcome back to The Voice of Charity. This is Marie Jokum and Bridget Murphy. And we are here today talking about the research partnership between Notre Dame and Catholic Charities, uh, specifically around homelessness prevention. So we're speaking with Wendy Avila, the director of Catholic Charities Homeless Prevention Call Center, and Jim Sullivan, who is a professor of economics at Notre Dame and a visiting scholar at the National Poverty Center. Jim, can you tell us how Leo started? Sure. Uh, so Leo, uh, as you mentioned earlier in the show, uh, j is, just got started in 2012, and it really grew out of conversations that myself and my colleague Bill Evans had with Catholic Charities USA. 
and they were asking questions about how um, service providers in their network can do a better job of improving the outcomes of vulnerable populations, how can they do a better job of articulating the impacts of their programs, how do they learn what programs are most effective, and how do they uh, allocate scarce resources uh, to decide which, which programs uh, they should be investing in. And so we started talking about the role that research could play and the opportunity to partner with researchers who would be really interested in, in addressing these kinds of questions. And they said, great, how do we get started? And, and so we thought about it for a bit and said, let's, let's, bring, let's do a, have a convening and bring together some innovative social service providers from across the Catholic Charities Network to have a conversation between researchers and, and these uh, leaders and Kathy Donahue from Catholic Charities uh, uh, US, or Catholic Charities Chicago was, was one of the ones that attended that, that convening. And, and from that gathering, we learned uh, what were the specific questions that, that um, nonprofit social service providers were asking. And uh, we quickly realized that the, re the researchers and these uh, providers um, had a shared interest in addressing these kinds of questions, that there was a real opportunity here to m match researchers with providers to address important questions. And the idea was, let's generate the evidence that allows the effective programs to scale uh, all across the country so we can improve the lives of vulnerable populations. And from that, that initial gathering, we launched five projects. Two of them were with Catholic Charities Chicago and uh, you know, fast forward eight years, and and we're we're now uh, upwards of seventy five projects, which is is just incredible. And I think you know when we hear about the work that Leo is doing um, with Catholic Charities in Chicago, but of course with other places as well. I think as a as someone who used to work on the front lines, it's such like a a breath of fresh air because you know what you're doing is is helping your individual client, um, you want that story to be able to be told better. And also you want to make sure that uh, system-wide that it's as effective as it could be. So I know we have been very grateful for the research that's come out of some of our partnerships. So in, as you mentioned, you've worked with us on a few things, but we wanted to focus a little bit on the Homelessness Prevention Call Center research from a few years back. And what, was, what were the results of, of those studies? Yeah, so the, this is one of our earliest studies and, and really one of our, our most successful. Um, the, the, you know, Wendy described the, the way the Homelessness Prevention Call Center works, that people call when they're on the brink of homelessness. And um, w one of the, the, the sad parts of, of this process is that there isn't always money available, mm -hmm. that sometimes callers are seeking assistance and they have to be told that there, there isn't uh, funding available. And um, as unfortunate as that is, um, that does create an opportunity to learn about the effectiveness of the program. So what we ended up doing in this study is, is really quite simple, um, but yet had never been done before. And so uh, in conversations with uh, leadership at the Homelessness Prevention Call Center, um, we learned about the fact that there was excess demand, that they were turning people away. And, um, and we, were, we also learned that um, the, who gets funding and who doesn't was essentially random, that, that it wasn't because of one particular characteristic, the fact that their, their uh, rental need, for example, was greater or not. It really was just that they happened to call at the right time when funding was mm -hmm. available. Yeah. And so what we did was look at the people who call on a day when funds are available and what mm -hmm. outcomes do they have and compare it to the outcomes to those who call on a day when funding's not available. 
And, uh, and the first thing we did was link the call center data to data on who, who checks into a homeless shelter mm. to see what is the impact on homelessness. I mean, one of the main goals of this kind of assistance is to prevent homelessness. And so we asked a simple question, does it prevent homelessness? And when we did that, we found that those that call when funding's available, they were 76% less likely to show up in the homeless shelter intakes data than those who called when funding uh, was not available. Um, and, you know, it's not one of these situations where it just punts the problem down the road. We can follow uh, these people up to two years later, and we see that the, the difference in the likelihood of being homeless persists. So it really was the first evidence um, rigorous evidence presented on the impact of this kind of emergency financial assistance for those who are on the brink of, of becoming homeless. You know, that's extraordinary, Jim, and, and it shows, and I think we've tried to share this with, with partners, and I know Leo has shared it with other cities and municipalities and government officials working to address homelessness, that, you know, those prevention dollars, prevention programs you know, almost always wind up saving more money than having someone enter the system, whether it's health care, whether it's housing. Um, is that a fair statement? It is. And, you know, this has been a real cha challenge for prevention, right? Because because the hard part about prevention is is how do you target it to the right people, the people who are actually would become homeless if they don't get the funds. Um, because if you don't target it correctly, it doesn't get it, or, well. It doesn't it doesn't uh, move the needle enough to justify the investment. And there's some people who would argue you should just wait until they become homeless. But it turns out that doing that is really expensive. And we we talk a lot about that in the study. Um, and one of the reasons why um, it is particularly cost effective is that okay. So we showed first that it reduces homelessness. Um, the next phase of the study was then we linked it to uh, data on arrests from the Chicago Police Department. And what we found was that those who had access to the funding were much less likely to be arrested for a violent crime than those who did not have access to the funding. And we know that homelessness is, you know, has a strong association with um, involvement in the criminal justice system. And so not only are you reducing homelessness, but you're also reducing other costs like uh, costs associated with incarceration and other costs with the criminal justice system. And, um, and so re by reducing and saving and those costs, uh, as well as costs in, uh, in terms of uh, involvement in, in uh, go other government assistance programs, um, it really can be shown that this kind of prevention effort can be cost effective. Jim, we're going to pause you right there. And when we come back from another short break, we're going to continue our conversation on the impact of Catholic Charities and Leo's partnerships working together. Hey parents, have we got a great idea for you. While your kids are adjusting to being back in school, they can also help brighten the day for one of the thousands of our senior clients. Invite your kids to write a short letter or a poem or make a drawing or tell a few jokes on paper. Then all they need to do is put it in an envelope, add a stamp, and address it to Catholic Home Care Senior Surprise, 2601 West Marquette Road, Chicago, Illinois, 60629. That's Catholic Home Care Senior Surprise, 2601 West Marquette Road, Chicago, Illinois, 60629. These letters will mean so much to the seniors who open them. 
and your child will have that wonderful feeling inside that comes when you reach out in kindness to someone else. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. You're invited to Keep Hope Alive 2020, the online benefit and celebration of the Archdiocese of Chicago's Immigration Ministry and their nationwide program, Pastoral Migratoria. Join us virtually on the evening of Thursday, October 29th for a night filled with music, camaraderie, and inspiring speakers. Cardinal Blaise Supich and Sister Norma Pimentel of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley, who was recently recognized as one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People, will be joining us to help keep hope alive. Now, more than ever, the immigrant community, both here in the Archdiocese of Chicago and across the United States, needs the leadership formation and accompaniment that Pastoral Migratoria provides. Registration is free, and sponsorship and advertising opportunities are available. Visit www.keephopealive2020.org for more information and to register. Again, that's www.keephopealive2020.org. Catholic Charities Divine Affair home tasting parties are going virtual. This year marks the 20th anniversary of Divine Affair, the elegant wine tasting event that benefits our self-sufficiency programs. Low income single parents with dependent children are trying to break the cycle of welfare and poverty. Today, the need is greater than ever as the COVID-19 pandemic has left thousands of newly struggling families in need of immediate assistance. You can easily coordinate a virtual wine tasting and help Catholic Charities at the same time. Each guest will enjoy a sample wine kit that includes wine and a guide, all courtesy of Lewis Glenn's Wines. You can gather your friends and family for this fun event or incorporate a celebration for a birthday, anniversary, or engagement at the same time. To learn more about a virtual home tasting party and how you and your guests can win fabulous raffle prizes, call today at 773-756-6937. That's 773-756-6937. Cheers! Good morning and welcome back to The Voice of Charity. This is Marie Joko and Bridget Murphy. And we are here today talking about the partnership between Leo at the University of Notre Dame and Catholic Charities in general, but specifically the Homelessness Prevention Call Center. Wendy, you know, before the break, Jim was talking with us about the impact um, or I should say the the outcomes of the research and what, what we've learned. Can you mm-hmm. share with us about how this has changed um, your operations at the call center? What has it impacted? So it's it's definitely been extremely valuable to to the call center. Um, we it helps us look at the trends and make you know to make improvements. And um, you know we we also like just gathered and I think from the study was that when we did a follow up with the the clients um, at the three mark and six mark we. We found that 67% um, of the callers were actually um, stable. They were wow. stably housed um, because of the assistance that they received. And it also, you know, helped us with advocating for um, raising the overall gap of how much um, a caller is able to to be provided within the 24-month um, period. So. We started with like 2,500, I think it was per household, and now we're up to 5,000 or six months, but not exceeding the 5,000. So that has really helped. It's, it's a tool to advocate, you know, for 
for our clients, and we definitely use it. And um, so it's, it's been very, very impactful. You know, Wendy, I think that piece about being able to say, we, we know what we're doing is working and now we can advocate because we have the data behind mm-hmm. it is huge, right? I think that's I think that's incredible. And Jim, how have you used the data? How has Leo shared that? Yeah, it's also been super helpful for us um, because it turns out that the Homelessness Prevention Call Center isn't a, uh, a unique model. Communities all across the country are struggling with how to provide resources to those on the brink of homelessness. And uh, yet there's very little information on impact. And so when we came out with this study in 2016, then um, shortly after that, there were uh, cities and counties across the country reaching out to us and saying, can you help us understand the impacts of our programs? Um, So we have um, launched studies with uh, Santa Clara County in California who have an emergency financial assistance program. And, And the key question they are wondering is who do we target these resources to, mm-hmm. and um, and you know we we can use the lessons learned from our partnership with Catholic Church Chicago and the Homelessness Prevention Call Center to help them understand um, their their programs, the impact of their programs, and to build a study around that. Um, we're we're also partnering with uh, King County, uh, we're in Seattle. Um, where they're interested in, in, you know, what is the impact of adding a case management component to the emergency financial assistance. And so all of this has, has um, helped us um, build a broader network of, um, you know, innovative providers all across the country who are really struggling with um, how best to use the scarce resources they have to prevent homelessness. Right. And it's so complicated. I mean, it has to do with wages. It has to do with inventory. It has to do with the amount of affordable housing. So it's it's really complicated. And I think, um, as Marie has alluded to, the, the research component is really important because, you know, Catholic Charities is here to meet the needs of our clients. And sometimes that's immediate, like a meal. But we're here to solve problems for the region with partners. And so it's always working at a systems level and at an individual and family level. And so I think Leo has helped us tremendously with that. Um, We have a couple points that we don't want to run out of time for. So, uh, Jim, I think we might see you on TV on Saturday. Um, I think at halftime during the Notre Dame-Louisville game, there's going to be a presentation of some of Leo's work. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, we're very excited about this. The, you know, the, the, the Notre, Dame, Notre Dame fans out there might know that Notre Dame does this What Would You Fight For uh, series uh, that they show around halftime of the, uh, uh, on national television. And they highlight uh, research uh, and work that Notre Dame's doing um, for the good across the country. And uh, we've been lucky enough to be selected to, to be highlighted uh, the work of Leo, and they are highlighting our work with Catholic Charities Chicago, and in particular, um, the Homelessness Prevention Call Center. Now, they took, a, as you can imagine, they take a lot of uh, of footage for this. I I didn't make the cut for the video, oh, but, no. uh, but I can assure I can assure you, my colleague Bill Evans did, and I can and I've seen the initial draft of it, and and it is fantastic. So I encourage you to to look for it this well, Saturday. We invite all of our listeners to tune in to see to see that great work, and we hope to have you back, Jim, to continue the conversation about the current research projects. Um, But Jim and Wendy, thank you for being part of this discussion. You've helped all of us gain a better perspective on how Catholic Charities and this partnership helps individuals, families, and um, larger efforts to eradicate poverty. 
We invite everyone to tune in next week for another edition of The Voice of Charity. Well, we, we will be discussing Catholic Charities celebration of giving Christmas is right around the corner. Hard to believe. Um, hard to believe, but it is it is going to be here. So for now, this is Marie Jokum and Bridget Murphy wishing you a safe and healthy and happy week from everyone at Catholic Charities. Be well. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.